Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message and may God bless you richly through it. Our scripture lesson this morning is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 23. In him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise, Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Here ends our lesson. The gospel this morning is from Luke chapter 6, verses 20 through 31. And Jesus lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry." Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. 
Here ends our gospel. Thank you, Barbara. Now, I understand that nobody really wants to hang over the railing and reset the clock in the back of the church. We'll get there. Lest you think I feel rushed by the clock already reading 1141, it might give me a false sense of security to know it's wrong, so don't count on the clock too hard. The other warning is that out of these scriptures that are appointed by the church worldwide for our All Saints celebration, there's at least four sermons worth in here. I will not endeavor to deliver four sermons this morning, but high points from maybe two or three of what might be in there so that in the rereading of these and the hearing of these that some of it's familiar, some of it less so, you'd hear what the language of the day would have meant to the church in Ephesus or to the disciples gathered. In, in Matthew, we call the Beatitudes the, the, service, the Sermon on the Mount. In Luke, it's called the Sermon on the Plain. I think they got the, the locations crossed. But the substance was a lot alike. As we remember the saints who rest in the church triumphant, Paul reminds the Ephesians, now remember, this is a mixed church. There were seven churches in Ephesus, and this letter traveled to all seven to be read as a letter, a message, a love letter, and a sermon, if you will, to Jews and what they would call Greeks alike. Jews and Gentiles, those of all kinds of different heritage gathered in the church. And the Jews said, oh, we're inherit, we are heirs of Abraham. He says, all of us have obtained an inheritance predestined to inherit that kingdom, to be part of that communion of saints, to be part of that parade. He says, we were sealed with the, with the promised Holy Spirit well, you've got to remember what sealed meant. Oh, yeah, it just means I'm part of the club. No, it's not the stamp on the membership card. A seal was put on a, a crate. Or if you were shipping amphorae, those big jars, and you're you shipping olive oil or wine or whatever your produce was, and it was sealed with an emblem on it that says shipped by and property of. Now, the seal we've received is far better than the Amazon tape on a package on a front porch. That's a sealed package. Some that come to our house might even say L.L. Bean because I'm a maniac. Far more important is the seal of Jesus Christ in our lives. Being shipped into the glory of God and property of our Lord Jesus Christ. In another setting of the church, I used to wear a collar. The kids would say, what's that for? I said, well, it protects my neck at, at council meetings. you know." But what it really was for was it was a slave collar. And by rights, it should have had JC engraved on the back of it. Property of. Kind of like my dog Dixie, you found, returned to. That's the seal of Jesus Christ and of the Holy Spirit. Property of and bound for and sent by are in that seal and that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. The word used there for guarantee, we would call earnest money. If you're gonna buy a piece of property and you put down a deposit, 
If you've got a caterer or an entertainment for a gala occasion and you've put down a deposit, you've put down earnest money, earnest in that you're serious. This seal we've received from the Holy Spirit is God's earnest money on our very souls, our very spirits. He says, here, I've already put a deposit on you. Don't back out of the covenant now. We're already, I hate to say bought and paid for. We sang a hymn one time in church and the chorus goes, he sought me and bought me with his own precious blood. And one individual who really didn't get the gospel after, after church said, I never want to sing that hymn again. What's your problem? Nobody bought me. I said, more's the pity. More's the pity. Bought me means redeemed. I know what it means. I don't care. Nobody bought me. Good luck with that. Boy, I hope that's a latecomer, not a ghost. Come on in. We're not going to laugh at you. Come in. Don't let them get away. It's that breezy? Okay. We pray it was the Holy Spirit that opened the door, right? Wow. So in this seal, in this promise, in this earnest money, Jesus then presents us with a different way of life. We are, we are blessed to be the body of Christ. We're blessed to be Jesus' continuing presence in the world, blessed even more that we are sealed and, and the earnest money has been paid for us to be part of what you heard me call earlier the church triumphant. We have work to do in this church, but the greatest blessings are going to come in the church triumphant when we join with the saints. And some people say, who wants to spend eternity playing a harp and singing anyway, sitting on a cloud in a robe? They really don't get it. None of us do yet because the joys of heaven make the joys of this world pale to the point that I can't even imagine it yet. The song is used because song tends to be one of the most lifting things, and well, spoken prayer is okay, preached word is okay, scripture being read is okay. Song somehow, you know, the words and the tune, and the striking of the heart. I hope that strikes all of us. Some people who are a little tone deaf say, well, music's okay. Listen for the lyrics if the tune doesn't get you. Wondrous joys. And Jesus throws out lightning bolts. We've heard the Sermon on the Mount or this Sermon on the Plain so many times that maybe we forget that these blessed bees were radical stuff since we heard the story of Job last week. And what was Job's restoration of blessings? He's got a new family, he's got new flocks, he's got new herds, he's got new money. Everything's great with Job because God has restored him to his fortunes. Jesus says, if you're poor now, you will inherit the kingdom of God first. Money's not in your way. Hmm. If you're hungry now, you'll be filled with things far better. I mean, we call it ambrosia, but who knows what it's really going to be. What will the feast at the Lord's table be like? If you weep now, 
how much more will you be consoled? When people hate you, exclude you, revile you, and spurn you because of Jesus Christ. In some corners of our culture today, feels a little too true. It says, stand proud in the gospel. Rejoice and leap for joy. That's what they did to the prophets. That's what they did to the big names in the Old Testament. That's what they did to Christ himself when he came as God. And he keeps going with woe to you for those who already have and blessed to those who don't. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you. How radical in a world where it's, this is the hard point, it's righteous to hate sin and evil. Now try not hating the one who does them. That's not human nature. Jesus calls us above human nature. He calls us in the Holy Spirit. And I've confessed before, I'll confess it again. There's one or two people in my life whom I have prayed about many times. That's bad English. About whom I've prayed. My endeavor is to pray for them. Pray for me that I get there. Most days when I pray about them, God doesn't quite give me the strength to pray for them. He's testing me still. Keeps working me over to develop that. To love an enemy enough to pray for their welfare instead of about what I think they've done to those I love. There's my excuse, you hear it? Not what they did to me, what they did to those around me. Forgive me, that's an excuse. To talk around. Bless them. Pray for them. Rather than praying for the hurt they've done me, I need to be praying for the hurt they've done to themselves and how they've distanced themselves from God, if in fact they've done wrong, if they haven't, God needs to heal my understanding of things. That's just as possible. I'll admit it. Then Jesus gives the real tough one, as you wish that others would do to you, do to them. Some people will try to tell you that all religions in the world have the golden rule. Nope. Jesus is exclusive in this. Oh, wait a minute. Judaism taught that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Getting too excited. Uh, not quite. The Rabbi Hillel and, and Philo of Alexandria and other wise Jewish rabbis taught if you don't want something to d done to you, don't do it to others. That's only a silver rule. That's the flip side, the negative side. If you wouldn't want it done to you, don't do it to others. Greek philosophers taught exactly the same thing. That which you wouldn't want done to you, don't do to somebody else. It's only a silver rule. Confucius allegedly said almost exactly the same thing. Don't do to someone else what you wouldn't want done to you. That's an inaction. Don't do wrong. Jesus ups the bar. And of the philosophies and traditions and religions of the world, and there's, there's one that was celebrated recently in the area, Wicca, and theirs is real simple. As long as you do no harm, do what you want. Someone told me that one day, and I said, who defines harm? Dead silence. The crickets chirped and no answer came back. 
as you would want done to you, and let's say for you, do for others. The love your enemy is not the love, certainly, of romance. We need romance to draw us together in the first place because God made us such strange, different creatures. There's another kind of love in Greek that is the love of family that includes affection. Parents for children, siblings for one another. Keep extending the family, however tight your family is. The love that Christ calls us to is active love. The love that cares for the welfare of the other, even if you don't like them. Even if they don't like you. And if you act like you love someone long enough, by golly, sometimes it happens. Sometimes it even gets reciprocated. But at the very least, Jesus asks for a generous, giving, uplifting heart full of love that is God loves us as Christ loves us and would lift us up, so are we to lift up one another. You can look around the church and say, that's easy for most of the people I see here. All right, all of them. Sunday's most. You look around the neighborhood and you say, well, percentage drops a little. Look farther afield and it's like, how am I supposed to love that one? Do it anyway. You don't have to like them. Only Christianity is the golden rule, and I've heard a twist on it that Jesus didn't quite say. Do for others what is best to lift up their welfare. Hmm. Maybe not even according to want, but according to what's best. That's what we pray God does for us. That's what we pray God does for us. Some people call that the platinum rule. We'll stick with the golden one over and against the silver. It's exclusive. It's special. It's Christ's message to us. As a church, we are blessed to be sealed with Christ's emblem, to be sealed with his initials, sent from, sent to, and owned by Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. An earnest money paid in the life of Jesus Christ on our inheritance in the eternal kingdom of God in the communion of saints to come. Then in the meantime, until that transition is fulfilled, to be a blessing to each other here, neighbors around us, to people we don't even know, to love in an unearthly, inhuman way as Christ loves us. We're blessed. Let's be called to be blessings. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.